Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Brendan Kane, author of One Million Followers. Hey, this is Joel Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5. Hey, this is Bedros Koulian, founder of Fit Body Bootcamp and author of Man Up. And if you want to learn how to explode your network. And if you want to screw your 9 to 5. And if you want to sharpen the skills of networking. You should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network. Build Your Network podcast. With my good friend, Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another compilation episode here on the Build Your Network podcast. We are currently in the middle of a series about mentorship and masterminds, and I cannot wait to share all of the golden nuggets in today's episode with you all. But first, you hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show, especially in this segment. If this is a new term to you, or you've always kind of wondered exactly what a mastermind is or what it does or why you should join one or how much they are, where you can find them, all those different types of details, you are definitely going to want to take my free mastermind course. It is everything you need to know about masterminds in just six short lessons. It's 100% free, so there's literally no reason to not at least see what it's about. Just head over to freemmcourse.com slash enroll, freemmcourse.com slash enroll to grab that course. It's totally free and start that today. 
Hey there, welcome back to the show. Today, I can't wait to bring you guys another amazing topic episode with three incredible guests. Today, we have Jill Stanton, Bedros Koulian, and Brendan Kane talking about entrepreneurship. And I can't think of three more qualified people to do so. Jill runs a movement called Screw the 9 to 5. I was going to say a podcast, but it's really like a community and a whole, it's just, it's a movement. It's, it's more than just having a show. And if you do podcasting right, by the way, that's what it should be. But anyway, that's a totally separate point, but Jill does it the right way. And she's created a movement called Screw the 9 to 5, which we didn't put two and two together. Um, She is teaching people how to go away from their jobs and how to get started in entrepreneurship. And so Jill is a fantastic, fantastic woman. She talks a lot about these types of things. Then we have Bedros Koulian. Bedros is the founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, which is a $300 million gym franchise now. And uh, Bedros also has his own podcast called The Empire Podcast. And then he has a best-selling book called Man Up. And he's just an all-around cool dude with an incredible, incredible story. And I can't wait to share that one with you. And then we have Brendan Kane, who has done business with people like Katie Couric and Taylor Swift and Prince EA and so many other valuable, valuable people. And he is the best-selling author of the book, One Million Followers. And now he creates amazing content on social platforms and does a great job getting engagement from people. And we talk a little bit about his diving into entrepreneurship for the first time. So all three of these guests bring in some amazing concepts and uh, some amazing insights into this entrepreneurial journey. But first, really quickly, before we get into that, we have all heard the Jim Rohn quote, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, imagine being able to build out those top five people and personally select the caliber of people that you have on that list. Literally nothing would be out of reach for you if you could always fill that inner circle with the people that are crushing the thing that you are trying to crush. Well, this was a mere dream to me a couple of years ago. And now I can say I'm blessed to be able to carefully curate my circle with the people that I want to be around the most. And now you can do the same thing. I've put together a totally brand new, absolutely free live training on the three best kept secrets to building the network of your dreams. And in this masterclass, I'm going to show you how I was able to build my dream network starting from scratch and how you can do the exact same thing. So if relationships with people aren't your cup of tea, then (laughs) ignore what I'm about to say. But if they are, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash masterclass to get registered for the next one, because you are going to love how it feels to be able to connect with the people you want to connect with the most. Again, that's travischapel.com slash masterclass. And now here's entrepreneurship with Jill Stanton, Bedros Koulian, and Brendan Kane. To me, it's interesting because when I look back on my childhood specifically, I was an entrepreneur before I even knew what an entrepreneur was. So one of the stories I relate to that my parents tell me, because I only have vague memories of it, is that as a kid, I would take my toys that I wasn't using, and then I would go around the neighborhood and knock on neighbors' doors and try and sell them to the parents of kids that I knew. And these parents were then calling my parents being like, what is your son doing? And I didn't know (laughs) what he was doing. I was just trying to, I think, make money at the time, but... Looking back on it, it's like I, from an early on stage, I was, I had an entrepreneurial spirit burnt into me. Yeah. But I don't think I really recognized that until much later in my career. So, how I got started in all of this is I actually went to film school in college to learn the business side of film because I wanted to produce movies because my first love and passion has been entertainment, movies, and television. And when I got to film school, I quickly realized that they don't teach you anything about business in film school. So I figured the best way to learn about business is actually start your own. And at the time, the most cost-efficient way, and it still holds true today, was to start internet companies. So I started a few internet companies while I was going to college to really learn and experiment about what it would take to actually create a business and the principles of founding a business and running a business. 
Hmm. And then when I moved out to LA to pursue a career in film, that's when the entertainment industry started to wake into digital after the dot-com bust. So I just looked at my situation and, and the fact that there was all these other people out there that wanted to be producers. There was tens of thousands of people that I was competing against, but there was very few people that had a firm understanding of social, of digital, of technology. And there's a lot of high profile people, actors, directors, producers, that were asking questions on how you could basically leverage these platforms and mm -hmm. leverage this medium to get your content, to get your movies, get people to show up at the box office. So I basically had just leveraged that knowledge that I gained in college and creating those internet companies to forge connections and projects in the film industry. And that's where I really started off. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, that's amazing. Going back a little bit to what you were saying earlier, obviously entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial spirit was kind of something that was in you from the beginning. Do you think that that is something that's born or something that's bred? And can it be bred if you don't think that it can be? I think that there's some far smarter people that can answer that question than me in terms of the science of it. Yeah, I would say from all the people that I've interacted with, it seems innate to what you're born with. I think there's a big part of that, but also I've experienced a lot of people, and I'm sure that you have as well, that just the environment that they were put in just really forced them to really get out there and to make something happen. Whether they, they were growing up in the ghetto or growing up in an abusive family, they had their backs were put up against the wall hmm. and they were just forced to find a way to make it work for them to get out of the situations they were in. So to me, I think that a lot of that is instilled in us. And then other, for other people, that environment that people are put in just really forces them to make a strong decision to be like, I have to get myself out of this. I have to get my brothers or sisters. I have to get my family. So I've seen it on both sides of the table. And it's really inspiring to meet those people every day that are truly transforming the world 
based upon the situations and experiences that they have been in. Hmm. Yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said about that. And like you said, there's probably a bunch of people that could talk about it more uh, scientifically than you or I could. But that's basically what I've found is like a lot of people have that bug, just that itch that they just were born with. But I think that those are just the people that have the natural tendency to go that route doesn't mean that other people can't learn it. You know what I mean? I think that some people limit themselves because they're not that way because they weren't born like that. So they have a buddy that was born that way that goes around the neighborhood selling their used toys and stuff, but they were never like that. So they look at that and they go, well, business is good for him, but it's not really good for me because that's just not my personality. And they kind of write it off and create their own story within themselves to say that they can't do something just because that's not how they were born. And I also don't think that that's the way to go about doing it either. I think you bring up a, a great point because one of the things that I always speak to people about when they're asking, should I start a business? Should I be an entrepreneur? Is you really have to ask yourself, do you have that built into you? Because being an entrepreneur is extremely different than working for a corporation or for a brand. And one of the the key attributes that I've seen with successful entrepreneurs and for people that ultimately don't cut out in being in that environment is, are you okay with failure? Because if you don't have that ingrained with you that I'm not going to let failure get me down, that I'm just going to keep pushing, I'm going to keep trying until I figure out the answer, figure out a way to make it happen. Like there's no way that you're going to be able to succeed as an entrepreneur because everybody looks at these huge, great success stories of a Mark Cuban that's generating billions of dollars or a Mark Zuckerberg, but nobody really looks at the underlying structure or the strategies that they took to get there, all the trials, the tribulations that they went to have that success. Yeah, definitely. I, I saw something the other day on Richard Branson or Donald Trump or somebody that that just, it was just so many ups and downs, right? And that's just literally what the journey is about. It's all about the ups, but it is also all about the downs and being able to remain optimistic, happy, fulfilled during the times when everything's going awry and you're not really sure what's coming up next. What's up, everyone? Just wanted to take a quick second and give a shout out to my favorite podcasting app, Himalaya. If you're not listening to podcasts on this new app, you're definitely missing out. It's like a social media app, but for podcast listeners. Follow your go-to shows, like and comment on your favorite episodes, and download professionally curated playlists made just for you. So head on over to your app store or Google Play store and download Himalaya today and thank me later. This episode of the show is brought to you by Rothy's, and this one is for all of the ladies out there. Rothy's is a company that makes stylish shoes for women out of recycled plastic water bottles. And from what my wife says, they're actually really comfortable and they're machine washable because they're recycled plastic. So look, typically I wouldn't bring a product like this on the show that I don't personally use, but since my wife does, and since they've diverted over 25 million plastic bottles from landfills, I felt like it was something that I just kind of had to tell you all about. They launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, and they sell out constantly. Plus, they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts, or so I'm told anyway. <laughs> You'll discover quickly why BuzzFeed called them their forever shoes. Plus, Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns and exchanges, so there is literally no risk, no worries, no reason not to try. Check out all of the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash Travis. That's rothys.com slash Travis. And I know this is mainly for all the ladies out there, but if you're a guy and you're listening to this show and you have a lady in your life, promise you this is going to make a fantastic gift. So head over to rothys.com slash Travis. So how do you usually recommend a nine to fiver 
to take the leap because I feel like this is something that entrepreneurs get wrong a lot is leaving their nine to five too quickly because they feel like they have to do it. How do you usually help people with that balance? Well, first I always say like, don't just take the, like certain people have certain levels of risk tolerance, right? (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Some people are the type who are going to burn the boats and be like, screw it. I'm never going back. Right. And then they have a runway or whatever. I am much more of the mindset that if this works for you, it's likely a good idea to balance both, right? Time management for the win until you have replaced your income or at least gotten close to that. Hmm. So that way you're not under financial stress. You're not putting your family under risk. Like you aren't going to be sitting there stressed out, full of anxiety, making poor decisions because you're desperate for money which I actually think is the worst way to start a business, Hmm. especially because I'm all about the grow slow mentality. Like I hate this insane rhetoric online right now that is like, it all happens overnight. I think it's so irresponsible and so misleading and it's just screwing with so many people. So I am much more of the mindset that if you can tough it out for a good year or two and build your business on the side of your job, that is likely the best way to go. That way you can work out the kinks you know, cut your teeth with things like WordPress or website design or writing for the web, creating content, emailing your list, building an audience, aka the most important part of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. That stuff all takes time. And when you sit there and you cut ties and go all in, which might be for some people, that can add a level of stress and pressure and urgency that you may not need straight out the gate. Like I would much rather build this shit on the weekends or at night or in the morning with little incremental pieces of time that are focused and dedicated so that I'm not making a huge disruption to my life that is going to make things way harder in the end. And I have members inside Screw You who have built their wildly successful businesses while still in their job. Like one of our members, Jason Brown, Built his business up to nearly $500,000 a year before he quit. And I remember I kept saying to him, like, JB, you can quit now, homie. (laughs) (laughs) You're there. (laughs) But his whole mentality was like, I built this as a side gig. Like, I don't ever want it to be this thing that takes over my life. So I wanted to get it to a point where it was fully functional as a side gig so that when I do quit, you know, I'm not this overworked, stressed out strapped entrepreneur who doesn't have time for anything. And I I love the word irresponsible that you chose to use to describe Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff on the internet right now, because it's the perfect word for it. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Like you said, like, I think people don't take their influence as seriously as they should. And they throw out stupid advice like that, that you don't realize that you're literally messing with somebody's entire future by telling them like, quit your job immediately. You'll get rich tomorrow. Just buy my course. You know, I would love to just like have a drink with that person and be like, why do you say that shit? Yeah. Are you that desperate for money? Right. Because, well, because they are, because they usually the thing that I've found with those types of people is that like they haven't made any real money yet. That's the Ugh. smoke and mirrors of online, which is one reason I still like door to door. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people fault me for that because they're like, just get online, man. Why are you doing door to door? But there's one thing that I really like about it is that it's very, very pure. Like if you mm-hmm. can't do it, you can't do it. And like, there's nobody faking making yeah. money going door to door. There's so many online fakers that are like, oh, if you buy this, you'll become rich, even though I haven't become rich yet. But if you buy this, that'll make me rich. And then I can teach others to rip off other people and then they'll be, it's just such a crazy 
weird, like you said, irresponsible mindset. So I'm glad I asked that question because I, I wanted to see what typically your advice would be to oh, those geez, people. Don't even get me started. I will go on forever about this <laughs> because it drives me nuts. I also think that people are becoming wise to it though. Like mm. that stuff, it's, I feel like it goes in phases, right? Like it was yeah. super popular in the beginning when online marketing was just a thing. Then it had a resurgence around the whole time of like, John Reese and Frank Kern and like Andy Jenkins and like Mike the same. And then those dudes went away and kind of calmed down. And then it came back up again. You know, like we have these waves yeah. where there's a bit more like hypey kind of marketing. Like this is so easy, get rich quick, but people are becoming wise to that. Like everyone is smarter than that by now. Right. You know, it's just the people preaching those messages need to be held accountable for the bullshit they're spewing. Do you think that you think that because you've been around the industry for so long? Because I've been thinking that myself recently, but then mm. I still see people that are doing that and getting people to buy into it on a daily basis. Do you think that it's because we're in this world, we don't see it as like, Maybe. you know, like people are wising up to it. Like that that's why we view it that way. Oh, people are wising up to it because there's no way you could possibly believe this anymore. But Maybe, we've just been around it for two or three or four years. You know, you've been four or five five years or longer than that in the online space. I'm pretty relatively new, but I'm, I mean, I wised up to it pretty quick just because when you get around people who are actually making money, you realize that there's a lot of people that aren't really making money. So, <laughs> but that's what I was thinking is because I thought that too. I was like, I feel like people are just getting wise to it and there's not as many people biting anymore, but I think that might just be because I'm around it so much. So when somebody sees that first Ty Lopez ad in their Facebook feed, they buy into it like immediately because they've never seen something like that before. Do you, do you think that that might have something to do with it? That's a great point. You're probably very right. Like maybe they just catch them before they come into our sphere, which is heavily saturated, right? Like maybe yeah. they are catching the people who are super green to this. I just always assume people are smarter than that. <laughs> I just think the best thing you can ask someone that you're thinking of hiring is like, what results have you gotten? Right. You know, like I want to see so actual important. tangible results if I'm going to hire a coach. Exactly. Exactly. Like there's so many people and I've been tricked by a couple people in the past that have been like, oh yeah, this is my income. And I just believe what they say. And then come to find out later, it's like, wait, I was taking it's advice from you and I was making more than you were the whole time I was taking advice from you. Oh. Why was I taking advice from you? This doesn't make any sense. But I wish it had to be a thing where you had to, someone else said this in my free group and I was like, yes, but they said, I wish it was a thing for the whole income marketing where people are like, this is what I make per month. I wish you had to only were allowed to say your net income, net, you know, your yeah. net revenue. Like I wish that we would peel away the facade and actually talk about how much you Ran and put in your pocket ads yeah. or mm -hmm. how much you pay your team or how much you pay for taxes, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the running joke in the family was, and this is another great lesson, no matter what hardships you're going through in life, like keep your humor about you. You know, it, the running joke in the family was that me, the six-year-old, I was the breadwinner, <laughs> even though everyone had multiple jobs. My dad was, uh, he delivered newspapers at two in the morning and he was pumping gas at a gas station. And then he was a bus boy at a pizzeria. My brother was a busboy at the same pizzeria during the day. My sister had a couple of jobs. But all that money was to get out of this guy's apartment. Like the guy let us stay in his apartment for one month. And after that, you're on your own. So yeah. we didn't have money. We didn't speak the language. We didn't understand the culture. And so food, well, I was the breadwinner because my dad had discovered that behind every grocery store in America is a giant dumpster. And they throw away food by law that they can't sell because it's expired. Mm -hmm. Well, just because milk is expired or eggs are expired, 
doesn't always mean they've gone bad or yeah. cereal that has expired, right? And so my dad would lift me up into these dumpsters. And for me, it was a scavenger hunt. And I'd pull out bread and milk and cheese and cereal and lettuce that was rotten. But my mom would peel away enough of the leaves where there would be a little fresh lettuce head under there. Mm-hmm. And we would eat that. So really goes back to being resourceful. Mm-hmm. When you don't have the financial resources to walk into a grocery store and shop and buy the goods that you need, get resourceful. Is there a dumpster you can dive into, get the food that you need to survive? And that's what we did. And so my whole life has always been about, because look, as an entrepreneur, you are going to deal with hardships and risks, and sometimes you're going to lose money and maybe even reputation mm-hmm. by accident or by bad decision, whatever. And if you don't have your humor about you, and if you are not a resourceful person, and if you're not resilient, in other words, falling down and willing to get up a hundred times, you will fail. So those three things have been like the core of what I've always carried with me throughout my entrepreneurial career is humor, resourcefulness, and resiliency. Yeah. And they've served me well. And one thing, one thing I really want to point out there and emphasize is that during this time when you were literally dumpster diving for food for the family, do you have memories of looking back on that and being like, oh man, we had it so horrible and life was just so bad and I just hated it and I just wanted to get out of that. Did you have any memories of that? No, I can't say I had any memories of that being bad because to me, my dad, I think, also kind of framed it as a like, hey, look, see what, what you can find in that yeah, corner, right? Hunt, yeah. It was a scavenger right, hunt. Right. You know, he was like, again, if my mom and dad's demeanor was, oh, poor us, right. we're starving, we're foreigners, this country's not good for us my attitude would have been the same. So they helped frame my attitude. That's what I do appreciate that I was six years old. However mom and dad felt is how I felt. Mm. Uh, So I don't have anything like that. The only negative connotation that I had was uh, being laughed at because I was a foreigner, being yelled Mm. at and said, go back to your own country. You don't speak the language. Like I grew up with a chip on my shoulder and a lot of rage and anger in my teens and 20s Mm. because of the fact that I was laughed at, but not from necessarily dumpster diving. It was just kids in school who were bullies are even bigger bullies to the foreigner, especially when you keep moving around. So I've gone to three elementary schools, two junior highs, two high schools. Got to imagine like you're the new student, right? You're already different and weird with an accent. You're getting picked on, man. Yeah. 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 Talk to us about Herman. (laughs) Man, you've done your research. Yeah. Oh, that left a lot of scars. All right. So yeah. You're 25, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so you're 25. There used to be a show it, well before your time called The Munsters. I watched it. Did you? Okay. <laughs> when I was a kid, yeah. Okay, I thought maybe you watched it as a research for this, but okay. <laughs> so The Munsters, it was a black and white TV show, and it was like Herman Munster, and he was like uh, Frankenstein, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. it's an odd family. And of course, one of the ways that we found clothes and furniture was, again, through dumpsters. Dumpsters served us well, man. Like, you'd be surprised what America throws away. Yeah. Like trash, another man's treasure yes. really rang true for you guys. Holy yeah. sm- Dude, a mattress to sleep on, uh, furniture, a television. Our first television, which worked fine, I still don't know why it was thrown away, was found in a dumpster. But so was the clothing we wore. And so there was a green sweatshirt that fit very tight on me because I was a chubby little kid. <laughs> and I'm sure this thing was just, you know, a couple sizes too small. It had Herman Munster on there, and it said, you know, Herman Munster, right? <laughs> so What a great shirt, though. <laughs> dude, yeah. It was a great show, yeah. and it was because of that shirt that we found that I, was, I started watching the show. But kids in school started calling. They didn't know how to say Bedros, and it was a new school, and they looked at my shirt. They go, hey, your name is Herman? I just, yeah. 
Like, sure. Sure. <laughs> and there was a Salk school in Anaheim, California, Salk Seahawks. That was our little uh, thing. Salk school, That the entire three years I went there, I was known as Herman. And so does that leave a scar? Yeah. Does that create some anger? Yeah. But man, I wouldn't trade it out for anything because some of the scars that it left has made me so much tougher yeah. to deal with the shit that I have to deal with as an entrepreneur. Yeah, you used a phrase at the very beginning of this that you called the immigrant edge. Is that applicable to what you were just talking about? Yeah, that's definitely one of the edges that I have as an immigrant is the ability to take a lot more mm -hmm. shit and be resilient because of it. Like when the economy crashed in 2008, yeah. I was like, man, the economy's still fine. Right. 11% like unemployment. I get it. That's high for this country. But right now in Greece, in Athens, Greece, unemployment is 29%. Wow. Almost a third of the people are unemployed, right? Now that's an economic crash, right? right. right? And it's actually on the upswing now. It's improving. And so 11% unemployment for me in 2008 was nothing. The economy crashed. That's when I created Fit Body Bootcamp, my franchise, which is now a global franchise to me. The economy crashed, good. Less people are actually marketing on Facebook, which means mm. ads are going to be cheaper for me. So uh, another immigrant edge mentality, right? Resourcefulness and the ability to be resilient in a time when things aren't necessarily working in everyone's to favor. To find the silver lining, the opportunity through the bleakness. Yes. Yeah. 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 Tony Robbins has a really good saying. Last November, I had the good fortune to speak on stage with Tony Robbins. He spoke, and I'm getting mic'd up in the back of the ballroom. I'm listening to him speak. And he's like, you know, in his big bellowing Tony Robbins voice, he yeah. goes, uh, you know, many entrepreneurs, they all thrive when it's spring and summer, when the economy's good and unemployment is low and competition is few. He goes, but me, I was born for the winter, right? I was like, oh, sh that's absolutely, <laughs> that's, that's me. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's resiliency. And I always talk yeah. about, you know, you can be a weed or you can be an orchid. The orchid is fragile and frail. The weed is resilient and strong and it'll die, but it'll come back angrier, yeah. right? More resilient. And so you got to be born for the winter. And that's one of the biggest edges that I believe immigrants have. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about how we've been able to get some of the guests to come on the show, I've created a totally free resource called Meet Your Hero. So if you'd like to connect with people you respect and admire that are difficult to reach, you're going to want to go to travischapel.com hero to take action and start that training today. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.